0: Sox fans,
1: here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bastards Investigate. This show is an MLB wide format so there won't be a ton of Red Sox talk. We have a few topics tonight. We're going to talk About the punch scene around the world that took place. Padres fan decking a uh, Rockies fan at Coors Field. We'll get into observations on that. We're going to talk about the White Sox. Are they as legit as they look? And then we're going to talk about the AL East race what we're seeing so far, what we expect going forward. So that's what we have on top of this episode of The Bastards Investigate. Before we do get into it, though, if you have not heard last night's show, major changes to the podcast starting this week on Sunday night. We're going to do a shortened version of the regular show, hopefully in the 40 to 60 minute time frame. Then we're going to record Hot Take Tuesdays, which will be released 24 hours later. That show, you can email us at BastardsofBoston, all one word, BastardsofBoston, at gmail.com. Submit your hot take. We will read it on the show, shout you out, and react to your hot take. So that that's going to be coming out 24 hours after the first show. And then the midweek show, again a 40 to 60 minute format for that show. And then uh, 24 hours after that, we will be releasing Red Sox top five deep dives. We'll talk about five random topics in a top five countdown. And again, that will be released 24 hours after the midweek show. And then finally, every Saturday morning, the, bastards investigate will be available so five shows per week now shorter no more 90 minute shows like the other ones we're drifting towards and you guys can all pick and choose what content you like and i'm sure you'll enjoy it with that said joining me tonight doug james doug how are
0: you i'm good terry how are you
1: not too bad I'm terrible with this, as the audience knows, but where can they find you on Twitter if they want to harass you, compliment you, send you hate mail? It'll
0: probably mostly be harassment, but uh, <laughs> you could find me at DJR036.
1: DJR036. DJR and mine, of course, at Cushman MLB. The podcast account is at bastards underscore Boston. And again, the uh, email address to reach out for us one final time, bastardsofboston at gmail.com. So I kind of hinted towards it. We had a kind of dramatic moment at Coors Field. A A Padres fan casually walks up to a Rockies fan Unloads a haymaker. Rockies fan gets knocked out cold, out cold. And there's a few different videos of this surfacing. If you haven't seen it yet, you can you can go on any social media app, probably even YouTube, and and look at it. It was uh, pretty ugly looking. But what were your initial thoughts when you saw it?
0: Yeah, we had a little skirmish at a uh, Coors Field in Colorado. Uh, my first thought was, what was that? <laughs> Where did that come from? And what could he have possibly said that would have caused that? So then you watch it from that, another angle, and you realize it really wasn't a fair fight. Uh, the guy had about three inches on, about 15 pounds with a reach that he wasn't going to do much to that Rocky fan. So the other thing, too, was why is there nobody that went and helped this Rocky fan? Like Nobody came to defend him until like about 15 seconds of just staring around, and all of a sudden, like, wait, we really got to go do something.
1: Yeah. It was, it was weird. <laughs> like, he, he eventually ah. got swarmed. And we, I, I, so bad, I wish we knew the full story. And in the minutes leading up to this recording, I was feverishly looking. And we don't know the name of the offender, the Padres fan. We don't know what caused it or what, but when I when I saw the Padres jersey, the brown and, and yellow one, I'm like, Machado's name has to be on the back of that thing, because <laughs> <laughs> that that has M- Machado fan written all over it. You know, with the antics he's had uh, over the years, throwing a baseball bat at players and spiking guys' feet, as we saw in the World Series uh, between the Dodgers and the yeah, Red Sox. Machado, yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing to me was he did that at Coors Field. So he was in enemy territory when he unloaded that haymaker. And I mean, could you imagine you live in in upstate New York, but can you imagine wearing a Red Sox jersey into Yankee Stadium and then unloading? I mean, that would be that would be suicide.
0: I mean, I've been to Yankee Stadium in my Red Sox jerseys. And I kind of just lay low, you know. <laughs> I don't really say a whole lot, though. So. But, yeah, the other thing, too, that was weird to me was he never got charged. Like, police never charged him. So if that's the case, we we got to think, what did the Rockies fans say to start that? Because it must have been started by the Rockies fans.
1: You you make an excellent point, and and it is mind-boggling that no charges were filed. Apparently, the dude who was knocked out cold told the cops he didn't want to press charges. But yeah, that's why I want the whole story, because not that punching someone in the face is ever right, but there's a lot of times where the average person, myself included, wants to punch someone in the face. Somebody just does something insanely stupid, and, you know, so... I I want to at least understand why it happened. Not that I'll, I'll ever condone it or agree with it, but I just want to understand, like, why did that dude get knocked out?
0: There had to have been something, and for him not to want to press charges, that leads me to think that he probably said something that triggered the Padre fan. That's the only thing I could think of, but still, though, it was unwarranted. You never want to see that at ball games. You don't want to see that in general anywhere, but... It was it was bizarre. That's it was bizarre. That's really all I thought about. I'm like, that was that was crazy. Yeah, it it knocked them out cold.
1: (laughs) It was a devastating punch, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this show have seen the Rugneto door. Jose Bautista shot heard around the world when that happened, and Bautista, you could tell he was pretty dazed, but he didn't go down. He didn't get knocked out. This one was far more brutal you know, this week, and so hopefully more details will come out, maybe we can touch on it next week, but it was the most viral uh, video that took place uh, on MLB social media, so you just got to wonder if the dude does get identified, is he going to get fired from his job? I mean, that stuff tends to follow yeah you.
0: <laughs> the guy got his clock clean and literally fell asleep over a row of feet, like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh so, yeah, we'll we'll see how uh if if there is uh any more follow-up details, but let's talk about the White Sox. They're one of the best teams in the American League. I think the Red Sox have uh a better record by a game or two, but the White Sox coming into today's doubleheader had a 6-game winning streak and it got snapped in yes. the first game and, and the Royals were the ones who snapped it in the doubleheader today. They were 0 for eleven coming into that. So they were on the other end of a streak, a losing streak. But for the White Sox, like how are are they the gonna run away with the American League Central, I guess? I don't know if
0: they're gonna run away with the division. Um I would have said they would have ran away with the division if Luis Robert was there and Aloy Jimenez was still playing. But to roll off six straight wins after, you know, Tony Zarusa completely forgot the extra inning rule that existed nowadays, and well scoring 47 runs in those six games, they looked really impressive over the last week. Um, I think the White Sox are the best team in the American League. I picked them to win the World Series this year. Um, I'm not going to change my mind on that. I still think they're the most balanced team. I was skeptical about La at first, but that team is gelling a lot better than I thought, and the talent's obviously there. Their pitching staff, Giolito's been struggling a little bit, but I don't worry about Lucas Giolito. So I think they're the best team in the American League. I don't know if they'll run away with the Central, but they'll probably win by five or six games. I think Cleveland's still, you know, they're a solid team with that pitching. Their pitching has been pretty good, but I still think Chicago's the best team in the Central, and I still think they're the best team in the American League.
1: Yeah, the Indians coming into today, were only a half a game back, so um, it's still a race for now, and it seems like with the Indians, everybody sleeps on them, and they go on this insane run. They had like a 20-something game win streak a, a few years ago, and um, I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but... Those Terry Francona teams always seem to play for him. He's never had a losing record this century. If you go back to the 90s when he managed the Phillies, yeah, he had some uh, losing years in there. But he's always won at least 81 games uh, or more in, in this century, whether it was with the Red Sox or with the Indians. His worst year with the Red Sox, 86 wins. He had an yeah. eight, 89 win season in 2010. We were injury riddled that whole year. Beckett was down. Pedroya broke his foot. Veritech broke his foot. Um, Adrian Beltre ran over Ellsbury like a Mack truck and he was done for the year. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. And, but that Francona team still got to 89 wins and had. The, the second wild card been in place, they would have been the second wild card team that year. So, so it's hard for me to count them out. But the crazy thing about this run that the White Sox are on, Lucas Giolito's ERA just under five. He's not yeah. had a good year. His last two no, starts have been uh, just one earned run in each of those starts, so maybe he's finally turning it around. Dallas Keuchel's going the opposite way. He's got a 4.5 ERA, and he's given up 10 runs in his last three starts. So so he's trending downwards. Giolito finally, I think, is trending upwards. I picked Giolito to win the Cy Young, and two other people. As did I. You did as well. So two other yes. people, I think... I know Andrew on the regular show was one of them, and uh, maybe Job. I forget who the second one was, but um, but terrible start. So he can he can obviously turn it around. I I don't know if he's gonna finish top three. Cy Young at this point, but the guys who have pitched well on that team, Dylan Cease, kind of coming out of nowhere to have a, a really solid season. And speaking of coming out of nowhere, Carlos Rodon, that no-hitter, no fluke. He's got a 0. 0.58 ERA. He's 5-0. He's, he's been great. Nick Pavetta with the Red Sox I think is 5-0 on the season. Um, been just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Kopech is like he keeps going from the bullpen to starting. I think he's made three starts 1.46 ERA, looking like a bona fide ace uh, of the future. Yes, he is. And Lance Lynn, has, he's got a 130 ERA. So, I mean, that's spectacular. He's always typically solid. He's um,
0: always solid, yeah. He's yeah. he's never spectacular, but he's always solid. He's been really, really good for the White Sox this year.
1: Yeah. So those those back-end guys are really, really helping that team. And if Gio and Keiko figure it out, Oh my goodness. That's, that's a I, stud rotation. I don't know.
0: I don't think there's a team in the American League that can beat them. I really don't. Um, I had Luis Robert winning the MVP, but that was before I knew he was going to you know, have season ending surgery. So I had the White Sox cleaning up all the awards, but yeah, the one thing with me was I didn't know if La Russa would the, you know, would gel with them and like a guy like a Tim Anderson, who was a very big personality, but it hasn't been an issue. So yeah, well, I don't really have a lot of concerns with the White Sox.
1: There, there have been some headlines out there. Um, there, I did see one that that La Russa was kind of losing guys in the clubhouse. Um, I, it's not quite reached like the Bobby Valentine level that we saw, obviously. But right. there's there's been some situations. For instance, he left Lucas Giolito. In a 5-2 game, Gilito was pitching into the 7th inning, gave up a leadoff hit, and then I think he gave up a home run or whatever. And long story short, by the time he was pulled out, they were losing. And La Russa took a lot of hit for that, for leaving him in. Um, there, was that, there was that extra innings debacle they had yeah. where he – Put Hendricks on second. Yeah. So I didn't really fault him for that because a lot of people weren't familiar with what the actual rule was in that situation. Um, You know, he was playing a national league team and uh, he last managed in 2011, for crying out loud. So I know. Yeah. So well, then
0: they won six straight games after that, you know, and they've, like I said, you said they won six straight games. They scored 47 runs in those six wins and you know, I think talent will trump whatever people think of Tony Larusa. You know, I was just kind of worried about the Tim Anderson thing, but I haven't really heard a lot with Tim Anderson, so yeah, yeah. I'm not going to worry about the White Sox.
1: I'm not a Tim Anderson guy either. I'll be the first to admit that. So it does seem like those two could be uh, natural uh, enemies, but uh, yeah, <laughs> this Tony Larusa, from what I could tell is a lot more chill than the the Cardinals version, who seemed to be always at odds with the media towards the end of his tenure and um, just kind of, yeah. And his, his hiring obviously kind of caught people off guard. Apparently half the front office hated it. The OUI happened the day before the announcement. So it's yes. not like he had a ton of... Yeah, he's not going to be. I don't know if you're a WWE guy, but he's he's not going to be strutting <laughs> into that clubhouse like Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Uh, so, no,
0: he will not be. No. Yeah. And for the record, I, mean, I got to come into that clubhouse. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. No, he's. You got to come to that clubhouse a little humble after all that, too. You know, <laughs> like you said, the front office. A lot of the front office weren't backing him. So at that point, I think he kind of knows that, and he's got to come in a little bit humbled and not cause a, a ruckus in that clubhouse, which he hasn't. I mean, for the most part, he hasn't done. So I'll give him credit for that because I wasn't so sure.
1: Yeah. And just for the record, I haven't watched WWE since probably 2001, which was my senior year in high school. <laughs> but, yeah. Um But that is the biggest X factor, how how La Russa manages the rest of the year, if he can avoid controversies, how well he's able to build relationships with his players, Um, another incident, well, I call it an incident, but he, he took a lot of heat for Kopak's second start, letting him pitch 87, uh, pitches, which, you know, coming off Tommy John, not good. That's kind of old school, you know, leave the pitcher in there. Um, so I, I see, I get it. I get it. It was an unpopular hiring and I don't blame White Sox fans for not liking it. I don't I probably wouldn't have been crazy about it you know if that happened to the Red Sox but but for some weird reason I've been rooting for him like I want him to succeed <laughs> I want that to be the coolest story of all time and you look at the Astros with Dusty Baker who's only maybe three or four years younger than LaRusa the difference though he's been managing for much of the past decade got the Reds into the playoffs a few times they got bounced right away. Got the Nationals in there at least once, maybe even twice, and uh, they got bounced right away too. But wasn't he a one game from the World Series this past year? The, they got the yes. game. Yes, he was. I can't remember it was a five game or, or a seven game. It was seven game against the Rays, actually. Yeah. So yep. Uh, I thought that was a really cool story, and w- you can hate the Astros for all the cheating and the controversies and whatnot, but. I was skeptical that Baker could go in there and 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 make a difference, but he's done it. He has absolutely done it. That team has kind of bought in. He positively influences them every day, and you can tell you you can tell they really respect his leadership. And it hasn't quite been the same for Larusa. So, and I want to say this to the media. It seems hell-bent on not letting La Russa succeed because I've seen some clips of their local radio just absolutely destroying him. So while we're rooting for him because we're not as invested, we got our own team with our own problems <laughs> and stuff like that, Um I just – I still want to see him succeed. <laughs> So,
0: yeah, I have no problems with Tony LaRussa. I've never had an issue with him. So, you know, for me, I don't want to see the White Sox deep because obviously we're in a little bit of a race with them. It'd be nice if they fall off a little bit, you know, but I have no issues with La Russa, um, And I think they're the best team in the American League. I, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to be the best team in baseball this year. A lot of people thought maybe a little too soon, maybe they're a little young, but that talent there is just, they're a wagon. they They're really, really good.
1: Yeah, and Talent trumps all. Th- they lose Luis Robert, like you said, they lose Eloy Jimenez. He might be back in September, but still, that's essentially a full season. And but despite losing them, your mean Mercedes shows up out of nowhere. No. Who goes
0: 8 for 8 in his first eight at bat?
1: He's like a backup to a backup catcher who just caught fire yeah. in the DH role. I don't know that he can be converted uh, to another position. He's not going to first base, obviously. Abreu's there. And and Abreu, on paper, 240 batting average, 333 on base. That's for the year, but for the month of May, he's hitting 314 with a 422 on base percentage. So he's heating up. He got into a nasty collision today, but it looks like he's going to be fine. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like a you know, a linebacker tackled a running back. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. It, it was yeah, it looked it looked painful.
1: Yeah, he was looking up at the pop fly and the runner had to skirt around the catcher because it was kind of sort of on the baseline where they were trying to catch the ball and for whatever reason the runner was looking down as as Abreu was looking up, and then they collided, and it was it was pretty nasty. It was nasty, yeah. They both left the game. I'm not sure how Hunter Dozier was the the Royals player uh, as part of that collision. I don't know uh, what his situation looks like, but Abreu, I don't think will will miss much time, if if any at all. Um, but yeah, but he's having a good month, so hopefully for their sake, they don't. Uh, you Know this incident today doesn't derail him at all, and you with know, un-
0: the weather in Chicago, it's kind of cold there, you know what I mean? So, once May, June, July hit, it's going to get warm, and those balls are gonna be flying by a Abreu. Abreu's is going to have a really good, really good summer, so I'm not worried about a
1: Yeah, he's had seven dingers on the year, um, but yeah, but having an MVP level month, you know, being the reigning MVP. And Yuan Moncada, the the strikeouts are up, but he's still getting on base at a 378 clip. So, yeah, there it's just a team. Always of, been a
0: Moncada fan,
1: of course. Yeah, started in the Red Sox organization. Uh, the bullpen too. Aaron Bummer off to a, a good start has a ERA in the ones, and uh, Liam Hendricks uh, a, a two ninety three ERA. So. Um very well balanced, like you said. And the funny thing is, it looks like the Dodgers are starting to get it together now. I still have some concerns about their bullpen, but it's hard to pick a World Series matchup today based on the first six weeks. Like there's no bona oh, fide, there's no bona fide world series matchup right now. It could be Dodgers, White Sox. But, I mean, the Red Sox, I keep waiting for a slump to happen that knocks us around 500, not necessarily below it, but, uh, you know, an ugly grind, so to speak. But they keep winning. They keep winning, and, and they're keeping the lead, a, a stubborn two-game lead. So they're they're looking okay. And um, you got Oakland out west just kind of quietly doing what they have to do to to keep their yeah. division lead, and they took two out of three against the Red Sox this week. And I think the White Sox and the Indians. I think the Indians are going to be in it, you know, until at least early September. And who knows, really? It, they could still win the division if if things get, you know, if if the White Sox turn into a circus act uh, with Larusa. So yeah.
0: it's kind of crazy with the Indians. They've got no hit twice already this year, but they. Yeah. Something with the Francona clubs, the Francona fighting Cleveland Indians. I, I just never, I can never count them out. They always find ways to win, and I always find ways to compete all season long. And I don't think it's going to be a runaway for the White Sox. I think the Indians, will, like you said, the Indians will be there till the you know probably the month of September. But like you said, with Jimenez possibly coming back in September, you know if he does, that's a huge addition, obviously. And I just think the White Sox will probably catch fire in September and you know win the division, not like not by. 10, 11 games. It's going to be like four or five games, I would say. But I think the Indians will hang around. It could be. The thing about Cleveland is
1: they develop pitching like no other team. I, I'm even willing to put them above Tampa at this point. They just, that, that Savali kid, yeah. that Savali kid's coming around. hack had a no-hitter going late into last night's game bieber isn't quite as sharp as he was last year but still a bona fide ace they've got that young prospect i forget his name already but he's making some starts now they develop pitching like no other team in mlb but they can't they can't hit the ball i don't i don't know why they can't (laughs) (laughs) develop hitting they've always
0: got a low offense
1: but the 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 pitching bails them out
0: they have a couple of guys on that offense I really do like. I like Reyes a lot. I actually really like Cesar Hernandez. He won the he won the um gold glove last year at second base. Not everybody knows that apparently. Because yeah. we don't really talk about Cesar Hernandez, but he's a really good defensive second baseman. But yeah, the hitting there, Rosario's okay, but yeah, they're hitting just they go into these really bad droughts and and like I said, the two no hitters, you shouldn't get no hit twice in one year.
1: So, yeah. And- you know. Don't forget uh, Ramirez as well. Having a, a oh yeah,
0: of course, Jose Ramirez is great. Yeah,
1: pretty good year as well. Yep, there there was some he's talk. Always been
0: one player I've always wanted on the Red Sox was Jose Ramirez. I've always wanted him.
1: Oh, and he's got such a team love friendly him. deal too. Um, uh,
0: I love Jose Ramirez.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There there was some talk that he could be a trade ship at the deadline, but I, I think Cleveland's going to be competitive at least for a wild card if not I agree like I said if a circus act happens in in Chicago then they they could end up winning the division but they they look like a 90 win team I would say at least
0: they're a lot better than I thought they would be you know same thing with Oakland I didn't think Oakland was gonna be really good this year you know you lose all that all the players they lost I was like well I thought that was going to be the Astros division and the A's just keep winning. They always just will find ways to win.
1: They do. They do. They went into like a, a two year drought there around the time that the Royals were, uh, were winning. And, and then they, they kind of quietly got it together and, and they've been at least a wild card team. And I think 2018, 2019, they, they won 97 both seasons. And... yeah, I
0: got to stop betting against Oakland. Every <laughs> time I pick the West, I usually go with the Astros and I'm like, I, I enough, I'm done. I'm picking Oakland from now I, until they prove me wrong, which you know, I keep thinking. I was like, well, this is going to be the year the wheels fall off and it never happens. So they prove me wrong every year, so.
1: Yeah, Houston needs to make some moves at the deadline if they can, uh at least for a starting pitcher if they're going to be serious about competing, yes. but um yeah, the Angels seem like they're, you know, doing the typical Angels nose have dive. No pitching. Yeah. They just don't.
0: <laughs> it's just no pitching. Canning was
1: canning was impressive tonight though. But yeah. Yeah,
0: his ERA was almost six, and of course we can't hit him. Yeah. You know, it, it, the pitches with six or above. We just we decided we don't want to hit those guys that night. Yeah, it's and baffling. But
1: he, he was keeping the socks off balance though, and uh, only gave up, I think what those two runs. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let's uh, shift gears here. We'll go into our division, the American League East. A pretty interesting division, uh, definitely more so than the two other American League divisions. Red Sox have the lead. I picked the Rays to win the division, and I still think they're going to. I think by the time July comes around, They're going to have everything all ironed out. Kevin Cash is going to know who he has, how he wants to use it, or the analytics guys will make those decisions and then make him do it as we suspected after watching the World Series. But that's an organization that if they have to think outside the box – they're going to do it better than than any other team in the division because that's what they're used to. That's what they do. So I still kind of think they're going to win it. Red Sox are in the lead. Do you do you expect the Red Sox to to keep the lead or end up with the division win by the end of the year, some way or another?
0: Um, I I've been kind of joking about this. I was tr- I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to change my ways. I don't want to be the pessimist. I'm trying to be an optimist. Trying to. In all seriousness, if you had told me before spring training that we'd have the lead on May 14th in the division by two games, I'd have thought you're insane. So, to be in first place right now at this point in the year, I'm happy. You know, I'm thrilled. People may not think I am, but I really am. I just don't think with this uh, stretch of the next four weeks is brutal. So, if we can take two out of three against the Angels, you know, show well against the Blue Jays, the Astros, you know, the Marlins, but I don't know. By June 1st, it's going to be tough for us to still be in first place. I feel. I hope I'm wrong. Bullpen has not been great this month. Andreese has been terrible, who I've defended since, you know, since April. Didn't like the signing at first, but he had a really good April. So I'm worried about the bullpen. You know, Renfro and Dahlbeck are kind of making me look like a fool right now. I'm eating a little pro because they've been really good the last couple of nights. But I'm with you. I, I picked Tampa Bay to win the division at the start of the season, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wave off that. I think Tampa Bay will win the division. They're going to get healthy at some point. They've had a lot of injuries. They always find pitching. I don't know where they find these guys, but they find them somewhere and they're always productive. So I agree with you. I think the Rays are still going to win the East. and I I don't know. I could see in a couple weeks us not being in first place anymore, but I hope I'm wrong.
1: You think the the month of May is tough. Here's the month of June. Uh, Astros first, and I think game one of that actually starts on May 31st, but uh, you, you got the Astros the first week, the Yankees, the Astros again, this time at home in Fenway. Then you got a four-game set against the Blue Jays, the Braves for two games, the Royals for three games. This is on the road, actually, so that'll be at Brutal. Kaufman. And I, I know they've lost a bunch, but they that's still a team that's going to be a thorn in our side, much like Seattle was. We split with, with them. Yeah and then we got Tampa who's probably going to get better as we go and then we got the Yankees again the final week and then we wrap the month uh with the Royals at home at Fenway so this is this is a brutal 6 yeah. weeks in front of us so if brutal. we if we have the lead by the end of that then um I'm taking yes. this team seriously
0: I'm 100% I will buy if they're in first place by the end of the stretch in June I am I, I I was wrong because If they can get through that stretch and be in first place by the end of that, then they're a legit contender.
1: Yeah. And
0: like I said, I hope they are.
1: You're getting Chris Sale pretty much by the end of that, maybe an extra week or two beyond that. But you're getting him back. Hopefully Duran would be up too. And I was just about to say, you're getting one of Duran or Casas the way they're hitting. And yeah. yeah. And the other thing I was thinking for the the Red Sox is if you do get into the postseason – Cas and Duran, even though the positions are different, uh, could be like the the Pedroya and the Ellsbury from 07. Same Yes, very same, well. same effect. So so very not, well could be not gonna rule them out. We're in the lead in at May 15th, like you said, and once we got off to a better start, it was probably at some point in that, that win streak we had. I, I was telling the guys on the regular show, I said if we're just 500 at the end of the month, uh, I'll be impressed. And we were a lot better than that. So, yeah. So, uh, we kind of – I mean, I've been impressed
0: with them. I have been. I've been impressed by the Red Sox. Uh, I don't know. I, I really was hoping because I thought the bullpen was going to be the least of our issues. And this bullpen the last, you know, at least Matt Andrees has not been not been good. <laughs> Garrett Richards has been really good. I, I got to shut up about Garrett Richards. I'm eating, I'm eating crow, crow. About
1: that. Yeah, I'm eating a ton of crow.
0: <laughs> so, he he looked phenomenal the other night. So hats off to him because – and then I, I don't know about you, but I loved when he threw high and tight on Canha. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. I loved it.
1: Yeah. That's something the home team always supports. The away team gets outraged. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been a big problem. We talked about that last night. Uh, guys stepping out, getting hit, and getting on base by any means necessary, and it's kind of dirty, especially the Conforto thing where it – essentially walked in a run, which ultimately yeah. was the walk-off. So pretty dirty. That, that was in, I think, the first or second week of the year. But just uh, with Tampa real quick, um, let me get on the pitching, actually. Tyler Glass now, extremely solid. The ace we all knew he would be. Rich Hill got off to a bad start, but he – is coming off of a a very good start. Um, I forget who that even was, but he went something like six scoreless or something like that. Six and a third scoreless looks pretty good. 41 years old, still getting it done. I don't know how sustainable that is for a long season, but
0: doing it 41 years old.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Um, Getting it done though. Uh, Michael Walker appears to be struggling. Maybe they get them right. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bounce back, Tampa uh, would be a good team to do that. So, um, but they'll figure it out. They're doing the opener thing quite a bit as well. So, uh, the Yankees. Let's talk about them real quick. Corey Kluber, I'm eating crow on him. He's just been absolutely disgusting. I didn't think, I didn't think he would hold up. Is you know physically i just thought the durability thing would be a huge factor i hadn't really pitched a full season since 2018 got hit with a comebacker oh. in 2019 which is just bad luck but it took him out yeah um but he he also before getting hit with that comebacker was having a terrible season in 2019 so so there it was fair to question whether the performance would be there even if he was healthy and all boxes have been checked off and he's matching Garrett Cole almost step for step at this point. Just, just really dominant uh, every time out. Um, Yeah, I didn't, he's, he's been like three earned runs or less in his last four starts, something like that. So, um, and then of course, Garrett Cole, probably going to win Cy Young uh, unless he has a bad Mm. second half, but yeah. um, Yeah. But where I am concerned about them, Stanton, scratched today, having quad issues, quad tightness. That could be three days, could be three weeks, could be a month and a half. You never know. You I, never know. And I was just thinking this morning how, wow, Stanton hasn't gone on the DL, and today he gets scratched. <laughs> so it catches yeah. up eventually. You. Being a pessimist, uh, I, I would also probably think Judge is bound for a DL stint for at least a month at some point.
0: At some point, you would think he's, it's been his track record, so you expect it to happen at some point, right?
1: Yeah, those big guys just – that that's why I've got one eye on them, and I'm kind of looking at Tristan Casas, who's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and I'm like, geez, I hope he's not – I I hope he's a lot more durable. He's a lot younger, so we shouldn't have to worry about that. And he's a he's a first baseman, but, but Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's what I was about to say. Then yeah. he doesn't roll in the outfield, so that helped.
1: Yeah, yeah. He won't be diving for uh a lot of balls. But yeah, so a little bit of pessimism there and then center fielder there. Oh my goodness. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Might need wrist surgery. So That sounds like... The contract looks worse and worse every day. (laughs) Most of the season is (laughs) what that's going to cost him, if not all of it, if he does have to have surgery. And it's just mind-boggling to me how bad Brian Cashman is at building outfields, because you can't even use Stanton out there anymore. And they were talking about this afternoon, maybe starting him in the outfield in... Boone says he was open to it. He had talked to Stanton about it. And then literally an hour later, he scratched from the game. So he's <laughs> yeah. not going to be an outfielder one way or the other. He's the DH, and no. they need to accept that. And Judge, not durable. Jacoby Ellsbury, we saw how that ended. Brian Cashman just yep. cannot build an outfield to save his life in that uh, Yankees organization. But but maybe now Clint Frazier doesn't have to be the literal Redheaded stepchild and, and should get regular starts now.
0: I, I I it baffles me how he's not every day in left field at this point. I you know why are you keep bringing Brett Brett Gardner everywhere? Why? Right. <laughs> like let let Fraser play, and if he's not great, he makes what six hundred thousand dollars. You're giving Brett Gardner these deals every year for millions of dollars, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Let's get off the Brett Gardner train. Like, move on. Cut the cord at some point, please, with this guy.
1: Cashman just has a hard time parting with certain players. Look at Gary Sanchez. Yeah. He's a backup catcher now. That's what his numbers suggest. And yes. And that's how he's basically being utilized. Kyle Higashioka is getting most of the starts. And even if he isn't a strong offensive catcher, he definitely works a lot better with the pitching staff. So so 100%. they could have shed some salary this winter by either non-tendering Sanchez or trading him, and and they didn't do it. So it's just absolutely crazy. But to, to wrap up the Yankees part of it, I think they're going to, once you get into the summer months, I think they're going to have a lot of issues trying to – Trying to work around injuries, I'm not sure how good the bullpen's going to be at that point. Chapman's out of his mind right now, but the, yeah, he's
0: been great. He's been great.
1: The guys in there before him, Wilson and Chad Green, I'm just not sure. And they they have the same exact problem the Red Sox have with the payroll. They can't really make a big move if right. when when the deadline comes because both teams are trying to stay under the tax for one more year, and so. They're going to have to work with what they have in-house. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not a big Davey Garcia guy. I, I don't know. No, I'm not either. I'm not convinced he's a bona fide major leaguer, at least as a starter. Maybe he transitions into the bullpen. And last I knew, Clark Schmidt probably not even going to play this year because of his elbow. Right. I didn't. I don't know what the – Yeah,
0: f- the location for sure the Yankees too, I, I haven't been impressed with Tyon. Um, as good as Kluber has been, I haven't been impressed with Tyon at all. Uh like you said, obviously Garrett Cole is probably the best probably the best starter in the American League. Um Herman, I I'm not a Herman, I don't like Herman at all. So the back end of the rotation is gonna be tough for the Yankees too down the down the stretch, as well as like you said, the bullpen. Health is their biggest issue because you never know who's gonna get hurt on that team. So we'll see about the Yankees. You know. Yeah. They're, they're playing better. You know, I don't know. They're playing a little bit better, but I'm not too worried about the Yankees, to be honest with you.
1: If I'm wrong, and they make it in the playoffs, they're going to limp into the playoffs. I agree. one and done. I just don't see them as a threat at all.
0: Um, Yeah, I don't either. The
1: Blue Jays, though, starting to get a little bit better, starting to get a little more healthy. So they did, did lose tonight. So I think that puts the Red Sox, what, two and a half games in front of them? Yes. Something like that. And I think the Yankees are actually second place now, a half game ahead yeah, of the in Blue second. Jays. Yeah. So two yep. uh two games out of the Red Sox. But um but they're they're definitely uh getting healthy as well. I'm trying to pull up their pitching right now. Meriwether is back. Am I correct on that? Oh there we go. Yeah,
0: I believe so, yes.
1: Yeah. So he's he's one of their better uh late inning and guys. Actually, no. He might not be back. Only four games played. Uh, he he's not expected to be out uh, for very long. Anyway,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I thought he was back, so I guess he's not yet.
1: Yeah, um, but their their rotation is holding up. I, I think they they'd like to see Robbie Ray kind of rein it in. Every time I turn around, he's kind of getting getting lit up. Although, no, actually, he's got three thirty eight. So.
0: Yeah, his ERA is kind of low.
1: Huh. Yeah. Uh, Ryu pitching. and keeps getting lit up. Um, Hunjin Ryu, is obviously the ace of their staff, pitching uh, pretty well. Uh, Steven Matz, I don't really know what to make of him. He had one good year with the uh, Mets and just really hasn't. Found it again, but he's got a 4.29 uh, ERA with Toronto right now. We're gonna, as Red Sox fans, get a lot more looks at them coming up in the month of June. But, um, but they certainly do have the offense, nonetheless. That you know, the the Yankees have kind of ridden a, a really good offense into a lot of postseasons, and then got burnt because of their pitching, but. Vladimir Jr. having a, a really good oh, year. God. Yeah, He's so good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're, uh, as you said, yeah. leading the league in home runs as well. Vladdy has uh, nine. Bichette right behind him at eight. Marcus Simeon as well. It, it's kind of mind-boggling to me that they made the Simeon deal kind of needing a starting pitcher, but they spent $18 million on Simeon.
0: Yeah, that was a little odd but at that point though I mean at that point in free agency who were they really going to spend 18 million on a pitcher I guess because Bauer wasn't going to go to Toronto so who really was left that they could really you know pony up the big money for a pitcher I well, guess maybe that's what they thought
1: I'm a little surprised they didn't want to bring back Taiwan Walker who's having a great season with the Mets. And yeah that's
0: who I wanted the Red Sox to design
1: yeah instead of Richards but as we said we're eating, agree, but... we're, we're eating crow and maybe maybe Richards <laughs> was are. the right call <laughs> yeah we got it's
0: possible I guess I, I mean listen I could admit when I'm wrong I hope I am wrong so yeah
1: Good. <laughs> yeah me, me as well and I basically you know? said I think it was on last night's show. I'm not too concerned with with Richard's performance at this point. I, I think he's probably gonna be solid from here out. I just we don't know what he's gonna look like in a big game, high pressure, you know, maybe a game in Yankee right. Stadium, maybe a playoff game. That's a question mark. And I don't wanna say that he's gonna definitely pitch twenty five starts for the first time in five years or more. So right. those are my only two question marks. Big big uh big games and uh durability. So we'll we'll see with Richards. But Taiwan looks good and he's a lot younger than Richards and the Mets might have got a steal there and I'm I'm just surprised. Yeah, Toron- they stole him. Yeah. Toronto stole- should have uh probably should have been in on him, but but Toronto, unlike the Red Sox and Yankees, can make a move at the deadline if, if they're into it. And I know Alex yeah. Anthopoulos is long gone. He's with Atlanta now. But that David Price acquisition, that got them into the playoffs. Didn't work out so well once they got there. But, um, but they've uh, they've made moves. And Mark Shapiro, who's basically their president of ops, was, um, serving in that capacity in the 2015 season. So, uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe he'll give, uh, his, uh, young GM there. Is it, was it Ross? I forget his name. Ross Ross Atkins. Maybe I I I think so. Yes. Yeah. But they'll, uh, they'll make a splash. I'm sure if they're in contention.
0: That's the one team in the East that's gonna, you know, if there's gonna be a move to be made, it'll be the Blue Jays to make that move. That's one thing I respect about the Blue Jays. You know, they they'll open their checkbook. You know, with the George Springer signing, which I didn't think was a very good signing, but no. you know, they're not a, they're they're not afraid to make the big move, and I give them credit for that. You know, like you just said, they have made some trades in the past to try and you know improve their team. So I, I don't doubt for a second that the Blue Jays are gonna try and make a move at the you know near the deadline to you know, I'm they're gonna be in this division the rest of the way. Their offense is too good. Their offense can carry them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was correct on the name Ross Atkins. He was the one who came I up that it was, you're right. He came up with the seven inning double head, head No, yeah, the seven inning double header idea, which I hate him for that, but but he mentioned yeah, it I hate at,
0: that idea too. He hate mentioned
1: it. it at a press conference and then Manfred thought, Hey, good idea, and that's why we have it. Of course he did. Yeah. So um yeah so we'll see what happens with Springer but um leading the league in home runs without him anyway so 50
0: what is it 53 dingers now because I think Guerrero had one tonight so they have 53 I believe for the rest of, or for the year
1: oh okay sounds about right Red Sox must be goes, uh yeah. pretty close behind them if, uh
0: yeah yeah I think they are I think the Red Sox are in the top seven or eight in terms of home runs I think the Yankees were right behind Toronto oh are they okay I believe so, yeah. But I know Toronto's first in the American League. Atlanta's actually leading the league with home runs.
1: Oh, are they? Yeah. Well they yeah. they got tons of firepower between Acuna and uh Freeman there. Yeah. Um yeah. The the Red Sox were at one point uh within the first two, three weeks leading. So Bobby D heats up. Who knows? Maybe we uh maybe we get in there Renfro yeah. as well. <laughs> so
0: yeah, well all right yeah, the Redfro blast tonight that was a bomb yeah absolutely
1: yeah so i guess with that we'll wrap but uh, if you're getting anything out of us the the american league east is pretty wide open you can make a case for four teams but we're both doubling down that the rays will end up with it uh toronto being the most interesting like we said could definitely make a move to uh to make things a little bit more intense as far as that goes. So that's a wrap for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back. uh, Next show will be available next Saturday morning. So take care.